This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Dr. Homebrew, thanks a lot for joining us today. We have a good show for you, as always, of course. Uh, you know, I don't want to be stingy with that. We have, um, well, we have an in-house guest who is called Kevin. Oh, yeah. oh no, Keith, sorry. Shit. Kyle. Oh, God, Kyle. I'm so Kyle. dumb. Kyle. Uh, you have an American Pale Ale, right? American yes. IPA? What is it? Uh, American Pale Ale. American Pale Ale. 18B is the category. I know that. Just off the top of my head. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, a, I'm an encyclopedic young man. I wouldn't call yourself so young anymore, really. I'm 40. That. He might not have taken the time to write that number on his score sheet, but no. he, did, he doesn't know the number. Yeah, so we're, we're oh, and, and also have uh, Tyler. We're going to talk to Tyler here in a second. He has a category 28C wild specialty beer, sour ale with pineapples. Uh, we're going to talk to Tyler and John, apparently. Um, yeah, man. So we decided, hey, let's uh, let's judge one of Keith's beers, because why not? And then uh, I'm like, yeah, that would be cool. And then I He's sit always down. like, you know, bringing beer, kind of like trying it's to suck up to us beer. here. Yeah. Like, hey, guys. Yeah, it's no, you know, no big deal, guys. <laughs> I, just, I have this beer. weird beer, and it's, you know, don't worry about it. Um, and then so I sit down, and then Brian hands me a score sheet. I'm like, what the hell is this, dude? Yeah. The last thing I want to do. And I, I tried. I sort of tried. <laughs> Um, but I couldn't spell diesel, and uh, I gave up shortly thereafter. And then Brian well, took a photo that, of that's me. That's positive. I'm really happy that you put diesel down. But anyway, Brian uh, took a photo of me of my sheet, and now he's like sending it around to everybody. And now I'm going to be the laughing stock of the and, whole entire world. And I brewed this beer for you because you were complaining about so many pale ales and what they are these days. And then you say diesel. My, my feelings <laughs> are are beyond hurt. You might as well have just run over them with an 18 wheeler. Hey man, it's That's not my fault. You put, by diesel. You put diesel in here. What am I going to do? That's fine. It's we'll, we'll blame the hop growers <laughs> for a specific hop that I used. Where are you sending that to? It sounds like the makings of a country song. <laughs> There's diesel in my oh, beer. I was drinking my diesel beer. Uh, before we get too far truck. into uh, Keith's diesel beer, 
Uh, I do want to thank our fine sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. Go to fivestarchemicals.com and learn about everything that you need to do to improve your beard, people. We say that all the time, and we mean it. Improve your beard with Five Star Chemicals, Star Sand, Sandy Clean, all that kind of stuff. So uh, they're good people. They're nice people. They're big supporters of the show. Oh, we have uh, some commercial beer also, again, from someone. I'm, I apologize, who. <laughs> Thanks Booster. for saying this, uh, Booster some, X. Some dude, I don't know, some person. It's a cream ale from Bowie Beer Company in Astoria. Give me some of that nonsense. We'll call him Racer X from now on. He's JP's long lost John brother. John our beer donor. Thank you for sending that. We think he's from Oregon. I feel like not many people do cream ales, which is was nice of whoever this person was to send this to us. I cream ales all the time. Well, I mean, commercially, numb nuts. No, I meant I cream. That was a verb. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> I mean, crushed. Don't I like creamed corn, your cream yes. ale. Oh, no. We're digressing. That's pretty good. That is nice. That's a good beer. Like, you know what I mean? Usually, at least in the Bay Area, usually... Cream ales always have a now a fucking flavor to them. I shouldn't cuss <laughs> on the show, but um, they're like they're, they're they have vanilla or lactose. cinnamon. Yeah, and it's, it's just like lactose and vanilla. Brood orange. Like no, yeah. give me a cream ale, dude. Not everything needs cream a freaking flavor. Flavor. Not everything. <laughs> this is really good. I like it. It's a flavor. Okay. <clears throat> Speaking of um, really good things, why can't I ever like paste? There we go. All right. <clears throat> We get Tyler and John on the line here. You didn't thank our sponsors yet. Yeah, we did. Oh wait, I was not listening. No, you weren't. And that's all right. What were you doing? (laughs) You're just sitting here. There's nothing. We couldn't have been doing anything else. You're sitting here (laughs) looking at JP. I was writing country song lyrics. Him and his band, bro. All right. Yeah, we'll get Tyler and John on the line here and talk about this uh, sour pineapple beer. There we go. You guys there? Hello. Hello. You there, Tyler? Is that you, Tyler? Yep, this is Tyler, uh, and I'm here with my co-brewer, John Lewis. Hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for joining us, fellas. I'm glad you both could make it. That's always fun. Yeah, thank you. So, um, a sour pineapple beer, huh? What's what's wrong with the both of you? You just gotta try different things sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> is it the first time you you made a sour beer, and the first time you used pineapple, or what's the story behind this beer? I don't know. It was kind of a, I guess, one of your earlier episodes. Someone had sent in a pineapple Berliner Weiss, and we mm. kind of based it on that recipe. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So it's like a stronger Berliner Weiss. It's it's uh, all extract, though. So that's. Huh. A little unusual for Dr. Homebrew, I think. But you listened to our show and got a recipe, just wrote, wrote it down while you were listening? That's the first I've heard of that. Yeah. I like that. And switched it up and had some fun with it. And that was, honestly, the whole the whole point of, uh, of uh, asking people to write the recipes down in the first place. We love you guys. So this that's is, cool. This is great. And, and strangely enough, this is the second pineapple beverage we've had tonight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which is, yeah. uh, who could have ever guessed that? We had a pineapple mead before, you know, before this, yeah. and now we're having a pineapple beer. Was that you? Did you send that, Tyler, or what? Who is oh, that? yeah. Yep, that's from uh, the Prairie Rose Meadery in yes. town yeah. here from uh, one of our club members from uh, the Prairie Homebrewing Companion, Susan Rowe. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. It was, uh, dude, it was a trip. It was, yeah. Thank you very much. I mean, that, that it was very good. Uh, but that was a weird. I was saying on the last show, it was like um, not a not an entry level mead. It's not a beginner's mead. 
It's definitely got that. Yeah, the roasted <laughs> pineapple comes right through in that yeah. one. It's not like fresh pineapple. It's and it was trippy, man. People working here, like we gave them the rest of the bottle just because we always do that after tasting stuff, and they went crazy, and they're like giving it to customers here at the Hop Grenade, and well, they, you know, I don't know, like they can say that or not, but I'm not sure they were, you know, like. I think it's fine. Yeah, they were just going nuts for it. So uh, I just gave the same person, Eric, a, a uh, little bit of uh, your beer, whatever was left over. And he was like, pineapple? Hell yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> now so he's all juice for it. Kick, yeah. We'll come in next month and I'll have all pineapple beers on draft. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Brian, well, why don't you go uh, ahead and start off with uh, this sour beer? Here, are you bro? guys from, from North or South Dakota? Is that So that's North Dakota, I take it? Yep, North Dakota. Fargo. So that's, North that is Dakota. where they grow the pineapples. So this makes perfect of sense. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah. You're up. Yeah. Brian is from Minnesota. So I used to live in Bemidji. We would drive to Fargo because that was like actually more fun than Bemidji and not too far away. <laughs> I was in Park Rapids for a while too. That was actually yeah more boring. Yeah, that's a nice place. You guys should exchange numbers after the show yeah. so you can talk about this. <laughs> yeah, let's so, start with the beer. Two one eight. Oh wait, no, I don't live there anymore. Um, so we cracked the beer, uh, had a nice strong hiss, like a little bit of bubbles forming in the neck. Um, and after pouring it, it just had this loud crackly bubbling sound <laughs> and I was watching the head kind of t- collapse upon itself and dissipate. And it was like, wow. And it was just like, like a soda pop kind of crackling, not, not even soda pop. It was like just crackling sound like a fire almost. Um, in the aroma, I get uh, a pretty sharp cider-like and citrusy tang and some, some definite pineapple there. It has a, a candy-like tart sweet impression, uh, pretty much dominating. Um, you know, the medium, medium of pineapple, but it's nice and bright. Um, there's, there's no, like, funk or um, um, bretty character here. Uh, it's just just a nice sharp clean sour, no acetic, just mostly lactic, and um, yeah, it kind of almost seemed like a one trick pony there. And the aroma, I was like, hmm, what's this going to be like? Is it going to melt my teeth? Because it's, it <laughs> smells very very tart and bright and sharp. Uh, there's a little bit of sweetness so in there, like a and a, a little bit of bready malt, like kind of a sourdough thing, um, low esters, um, yeah. Interesting aroma, for sure. So it was inviting me. Appearance-wise, it pours a massive, rocky, frothy head that just cracks down quickly to a low cover of fine white bubbles. Beer is yellow and only slightly hazy. Um, I gave it a three for appearance because I can forgive a little haze in a a specialty sour. Yeah. The flavor is brightly sour with acidic pineapple, but hints of... um, a bready malt sweetness, and it's, you know, I was p- pleased to learn that it is not melting the enamel off my teeth, and I was happy about that. Uh, the pineapple comes through very pleasantly. It's fresh pineapple. Plays off the sweet tart notes uh, in there, and, and still in the aroma, of course, because taste is, you know, <laughs> a big percent aroma. Clean, bright, lactic, sour presentation uh, stays into the aftertaste with that pineapple. Very nice flavor. Uh, Mouthfeel-wise, it's a medium-light-bodied beer with medium-high carbonation. Adds to the impression of acidity, I would say. No astringency, um, low alcohol warmth, slightly biting, but and not very creamy smooth. So, um, yeah, I mean, for a sour beer, kind of where it should be. 
the carbonation was a little high, but that's fine. The flavor of this beer um, definitely redeems it. I thought, again, when I was on the aroma, I'm like, where is this beer going to go? Cause it's like so <laughs> sharp. And like, I was worried that it was going to be way too sour, painfully sour, intense and massively biting, but it was not. It has a nice, you know, I thought it was going to be kind of candy-like or chemically sour uh, based on the aroma, but it just really delivers with a nice, clean, pleasant tartness. And an actually pretty thirst-quenching pineapple fl- juice-like flavor. Yeah. Um, you know, you could, I don't know, to improve the beer, um, It's the, the aroma is pretty wild. You could maybe find some ways to tame that down a little bit. And it's just that that's kind of sweet tart-like weird chemically flavor. So my, most of my complaints are kind of about the aroma, even though I ended up liking the aroma with the flavor. Um, it's just something there to um, counter that sweet tart impression you have in the uh, in the aroma, and it's a that's a pretty winning beer. I give it a a thirty six. I thought it was a um, very cool. very good beer. Excellent. All right, Keith, it's your turn, bro. Okay, let's let's uh, let me do this. Let's 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 let me do this. That was great. That was great radio there. <laughs> can, we, uh, can we edit that part this. out right now? That uh, would be awesome. Don't let's start. We'll edit that part out, but we'll leave in the explanation. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so we got a, a medium high sulfur note was the first thing that I picked up. Um, <laughs> medium malt sweetness, uh, no hops. Pineapple was strong, but there's also a very faint uh, plastic phenol character, which I, I seem to get in a lot of beers. But that uh, you know, I'm tasting. This is two weeks ago, and I'm not. I'm not picking up a lot of that right now. Uh, I'm not getting any funk, no bread, uh, and I'm getting a, a citrusy sourness uh, for aroma. Eight out of twelve. Uh, light gold with a long-lasting white head, not huge, uh, but it does stick around. Uh, faint haze, but for the style, that's that's cool. Um, so I gave it a three out of three there. Big sour flavor, followed by a uh, big punch of pineapple. Um, for me, it was slightly reminiscent of can- canned pineapple rings, um, mm-hmm. which tend to hold that yeah. a little little more sweetness than like kind of a fresh pineapple, which is kind of weird because fresh pineapple tends to be a little bit uh, more punchy in terms of sourness. But this had sort of the flavor of the canned pineapple, and then also on top of that, that sourness punch as well. And they almost yeah. seemed a little bit separated, which was a little bit weird. Um, side note, when I eat fresh pineapple, I always tend to eat too much, and then the, the my mouth hurts a lot. Like, my lips hurt because I have too much acidity around my lips. But anyway, uh, <laughs> that's not part of the flavor. Side I, wouldn't, note. I wouldn't write that down here. I would give you, like, a little, you know, a little, maybe a, a post-it note on the side talking about my lips when I eat pineapple. <laughs> my yeah. mouth wants uh, to tell you this. But anyway, uh, low sweetness, no diacetyl. I got a touch of THP last time around. Um, I'm having a hard time picking that up tonight. Mm. Um, so THP is the uh, in, in sour beers, sort of that, that Cheerios. Uh, I, I always, to me, it comes across more as un, unbuttered popcorn, so it's not diacetyl. But I'm not, I'm not getting that. Usually it's in the finish, and tonight I'm oh, not grainy. getting that. This was two weeks ago. I am not getting that tonight, so I'm, I'm cool. Maybe it's different. Maybe it's a bottle-to-bottle variation, or the, the fact that this bottle... Uh, probably sat in uh, JP's uh, warm California. Uh, All right, enough. <laughs> Keep going. Henhouse. I kept uh, mine chilled and I touched it last night and it didn't have that. Okay, so cool. Uh, really, you know, there's no real real common flaws for sour beer. Sour beers, everything else is really good. Not not any not any funk, and which could be acceptable, but no, you know, no Entera character or anything really off. And I thought the balance was uh, was was towards sour, but it was still still enjoyable. 
Uh, 13 out of 20 there. Mouthfeel, medium light body, medium carbonation, no astringency, no warming. Four out of five. It sounds like I'm rushing through certain parts and, and sort of hanging around other parts for no reason. Um, overall impression, uh, big sourness really is the impression. Not a lot of complexity, but still a really nice sour beer. Uh, overall, fairly clean. I thought the sulfury nose, to me, was the biggest flaw. I think you guys are kind of looking for that right now, but I, I, I do get that. Um, you know, clean that uh, clean that up uh, a number of different ways. Maybe let it age some more when... when uh, Fermenting, uh, in other words, degassing the keg. If you have it in a keg, uh, interested in what, knowing what your primary yeast strain was, um, would Brett make this more interesting? You know, questions like that, uh, you know, are are all fine. But I really, I really did like it. Um, I thought the sourness was pretty well balanced with the pineapple character, and I, I thought you you did a good job. Uh, I guess to put it over the top. Um, like I said, clean up the, the nose a little bit. I know Brian and I both kind of said that, but had different um, nose characteristics, so the nose seemed a little bit little bit strange. I think that sulfur might have been what I was kind of looking for, too. It was buried underneath the pineapple, but I do get that. But but a, a clean, well-made beer. You know, I think you guys did a great job on, fun, yeah. on making something that, that actually represents, you know, you can taste the pineapples and you can taste the sour beer and... And uh, it's pretty spot on, you know. Like now hearing that you were basing this on initially a Berliner Weiss makes a lot of sense too, because it is it is more lacto than anything else. And I think you did a great job of avoiding any uh, acetic character or anything like that as well. Uh, I gave it a thirty-five out of fifty. <laughs> um, is the how would you guys describe the mouth feel? To me, uh, a little ropey or snotty, like a little slimy, hmm. like it's not. Done or, or uh, I mean, I guess we should ask how old the beer is and, and all that kind of all the kind of proper stuff, but um, like slick, like a slickness, I guess. Which uh, in my mind, I'm thinking ropey, but it's not ropey. Yeah, it's I'm just not kind feeling of slick. any ropiness or anything. Yeah, it's not crisp. I mean, I guess that's a lot of times you'd find in in sour beers a crispness, yeah. and even like in like lambics, you you tend to find like hey, there's a little bit of a mineral character there that kind of dries it out a little bit, and I, don't, mm-hmm. I think this beer is lacking that, and I think maybe a little more crispness would would help that so maybe maybe actually adding a little more a little bit more gypsum or, or a little more you know something that, that kind of makes it a little more crisp or i don't know about carbonation on this as well maybe that would help as well up the carbonation any any sour beer you know more carbonation is generally better um yeah not, not a rule but i would say that's pretty close to a rule that the more carbonation you have the the crisper it feels mm-hmm. um i'd be interested in hearing yeah i mean maybe it is somewhat based as well like they'll all extract like how much dextrin was in the extract and was it how fermentable was it really and, mm. and uh there this doesn't have didn't have bread or something else to chew through a lot of those other those other other long chains that some sometimes would uh would happen in a sour beer so yeah. I, I don't know i mean that's i mean maybe is it more of a body thing in general maybe it is i said medium mm. light but maybe it is a little, yeah. maybe that maybe that's a miss 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 uh, analysis on my part. Maybe it is more medium full, and it would actually work better if uh, you know we're a little bit crisper and mm-hmm. a little bit drier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that would probably well, help. I'm not, I'm not tasting again. I think it would. As it, if it were crisper, it would. I think that's kind of the snot. You know, I think if, if snot were crisper, uh, it wouldn't be such a problem. <laughs> right. Right. Well, let's talk to the boys. Uh, Tyler, you guys want to take us through your recipe and, and what you did and how you did it? Yeah, it was. Uh, <clears throat> All DME, so it was two parts wheat to one part light extract. Um, we did four gallons, uh, kettle soured it overnight, and 
boiled it, and we fermented it out with uh, 1007, Y East 1007, the German ale. The all East, right? Yeah, yep. it's, it's one there. Yep, yep, that's right, that's right. And uh, after it fermented out, we uh, added, like, it was six pineapples. It was about 13 and a half pounds to four gallons, so it was a lot of pineapple. <laughs> I think the pineapple added a lot of acidity uh, to it. Yeah, nice, nice. <clears throat> and then... This was actually this was actually when we uh, when we kegged that beer we had a gallon left and we just put that aside in a gallon carboy and um, we did pitch Brett Lambicus and that was back in July hmm. but it doesn't seem to be coming through not over really. the pineapple hmm. not really coming through over the pineapple yeah <laughs> yeah I mean sometimes Brett struggles there as well like I mean any, you know it doesn't sound like it's a high gravity beer but if you don't pitch enough Brett sometimes it doesn't really grab a hold of something and. And I don't, I don't think Brett has an issue with pH necessarily. No, so I don't think that's the issue. But sometimes alcohol it has an issue with, and it may be like whatever you pitched. Like, did you make a starter or whatever, or you know, did you did you pitch enough bread, or was it just like from a from a vial that could have been you know like sitting in your home brew store for a while, that sort of thing. I've had I've had pro- the reason I say this because I've had problems before yeah. trying to add bread to beers, but they tended to be around six point five or seven percent beers, and it never really took like how I wanted it to, but. Maybe I'll bring that next month for you guys, by the way. Um, <laughs> pitch it in while it's cold and it just drops out. Yeah, no, I, no, 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 but no, yeah, like, I guess that's the whole thing. Like, was it fresh and was it, was it, you know, uh, you know, that's kind of, I would look at, you're pitching Brett, like, pitch a lot or pitch you know, multiple, you know, times to grab some beers that have Brett in them and throw them in there multiple times, Orval or some other, like, Boulevard Brett beers or, you know, stuff like that, just using a lot of different stuff. But if you're just grabbing one vial, like, it's kind of sometimes a, crapshoot if it's actually going to take off or not on a beer hmm. that already has been fermented. And you pay what seven was, bucks for the vial. It's like, oh, yeah. crap. <laughs> well, I buy, buy like three vials and then pitch it in and it still doesn't, yeah. So whatever. But no, yeah, what was the what was the OG of the beer that... Um, it was pretty low. It was 42. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What, what did you use to uh, for the kettle sour? What was the, the souring... Uh, culture. Yeah, culture. Lacto bacillus, uh, oh, was this Omega Labs? Okay. Yeah, I, uh, we we usually use Omega Yeast uh, six hundred five. Their lacto blend. Cool. What temp do you keep that at? Yeah. And how do you yeah. how do you manage to do that in a new warm overnight? So, yeah. That one that one sours really well at room temperature. Huh. So we usually pitch around ninety five, and then overnight let it cool off, and it it's pretty aggressive. I, nice. I think. Cool. And how do you how do you determine when it's done, or are you now you just have a timing sort of thing? You're like, hey, I know it's done after a day and a half of the amount I pitch, or by taste. Okay. Yeah, cool. uh, no, that's that's smart. Culminate kind of like the, the catalyst, you know, like that's the bar that we look at. Yeah. For tartness. Did you pre-sour with any acid or just with the pineapples? Uh, just yeah, just the lacto and the pineapples. Yeah. There was no other addition. Hmm. That helps to give it a little kickstart when you get it down a little bit, and then there you go. But the pineapple probably did that for you. It's pretty, pretty bright. Yeah. Oh, hey. So I have a question for you guys about this uh, this style of beer. Um, so we've entered some competitions before, and it seems like it's a little unclear, like where a sour, a fruited sour fits in. Does this? Should I try to shoehorn this into a classic style with fruit, or is it better Ooh. to just leave it bag? And call it a pineapple sour. I Good mean, question. In your opinion, what do you guys think? I mean, I guess if it if it's screamed Berliner Weiss or something, but this one doesn't really to me. I think declaring mm-hmm. it as a pale sour was a good choice for that. 
But um, but it is tough. I mean, I, I it actually, is tough. it's tough because of, is, is it a fruited beer or is it a sour beer? Is always been so. If it's a Berliner Weiss with fruit, then it's technically a fruited beer. But if it's a wild ale with other ingredients, then it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this has been asked multiple times, and it's sort of the same thing. Like, is it more true to the original style, or is it more true to what you're you're doing? Like the way I taste this, I wouldn't. It doesn't scream. As Brian's saying, it doesn't scream Berliner Weiss to me. I wouldn't be like, hey, this is Berliner Weiss. Like, it, it's more like. Yeah, it's more just like, hey, this is a lacto-inspired, you know, lacto, really well-made lacto beer with uh, pineapple is what I would go. So I would, I would lean more toward the, the wild out wild ale category than I would to fruit. But um, there has been discussions on this. On I don't know, where, Brian, do you remember reading those? Was it on the the Facebook page of BJCP uh, or was it I didn't read somewhere that. else? But I remember reading about yeah. this, and they, it was pretty clear what they said. Uh, I apologize for not remembering that off the top of my head. And I, I've had the same question because I've made uh, a peach peach apricot Berliner Weiss, and like trying to figure out where it goes is is a little bit of a is a little bit of a crapshoot. And I think. Like it depends on, like I don't know, like what what is the, I guess the is it really classic style? And then I would probably put it in fruit if it's Berliner Weiss. But if this one seems a little like yeah, like it's just a a great American sour with lacto, I would probably look to to wild ale or um, yeah. I, I think that was kind of the answer if I recall correctly. Wish I. Um, do that right now. So. <laughs> yeah, and that, that, the 28C is kind of a catch-all for some, you know, barrel-aged ones and wood-aged and, and, you know, interesting, weird mixes of things. But what he put Those, it in is probably the best. I like it there for me, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, you could just do both, right? It's definitely got to be a yeah. I think 20, For me, I thought 28C was best. And sometimes it depends on if you're in a competition, you have 20 entries and you already have a fruit entry, then you do something else. But Or 40 entries, not many people have those, but I used to be able to do that. Uh, but, yeah, like something like that where it's like, yeah, I just put stuff where it allows me to, you know, hey, I, you know, I have other entries there, so I'm going to move stuff around and. Sometimes you'd win in one place and not the other, but I think it is a little bit variable, and you can kind of kind of play with that a little bit and even see where it works. But the whole problem is like competition to competition; it it's kind of a, a variable sort of thing. And then also sometimes you'll be in a competition where they they put them together, and then you end up competing yeah. against yourself if you put two in, one, which is fun. <laughs> hey, it's not my fault. I put the, the two. Yeah, in and they put them together. But. Yeah, think about the judging too. You know, you put it in twenty nine A fruit beer. Declare a classic style. That classic style has to be really definite, and then it's also going up against just kind of some more pedestrian ones, and and uh, you know, uh, wheat beer with apricot or something. And then all of a sudden they get this, and it's like whoa! I just like changing gears that fast sometimes right. can, can be a challenge as a judge. Yeah, especially with this thing. Yeah. <clears throat> um, do you guys have any well, more questions for uh, Brian and Keith? So do no, you guys, do you guys well, do, actually, have you ever had any experience with uh, repitching frozen yeast? Frozen <laughs> yeast? Yeast will pretty yeah, much, we, you know, it'll survive it's a lot. Cold up here. <laughs> yeah. What is it there right now? What's your, what's your temperature outside? Oh, I, well, it's actually nice out. It's like 20 degrees above oh, okay. zero. Oh, it's a heat wave. It's above zero. Yeah, it is. People got the t-shirts off. Cool. I was in Pittsburgh and Cleveland last week, and it was you know zero or, or you know, five degrees, and went to the Steeler game, and it was like thirteen degrees at kickoff or whatever. 
Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess one thing you can always do with any yeast is, is try to make a starter from it and then see if there is activity at that point mm-hmm. in time. Yeah. And, you know, that's one way to do it. I, I mean, I guess... I, I wish I would know more about yeast culturing, and I, I, I've wanted to get into it and get a, a, a you know microscope and, and put slants and that sort of thing. And and I assume like some of that you could freeze, but I, I think it's probably not very healthy for the yeast to freeze it, and you're you're probably stressing it when you're doing that. So if you're going to do that, I would I would make starters, but even then, you're not sure how much to really really make at that point in time. But I don't I don't I would yeah. not consider myself an expert. And yeast culturing and, and, and knowing the science necessarily behind that. So You don't know what your pitch rate is exactly yeah. going to be. Yeah. I would have something else at the ready just in case if you did that. So yeah. you can throw it in there to ac- uh, accent that or <laughs> help it along. <laughs> All right. Supplement. Thank you. And we don't have much much of a, a history here of running into freezing. Uh, yeah. No, there, not so, really. Uh, <laughs> not really. Never freezes, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, thank you very much for sending it in. I thought it was great. Thank you. Good yeah. job. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Yeah, and thanks for the meat. Next time do an iced pineapple beer. Yeah, ice the thing. <laughs> Set it outside <laughs> in a snowbank. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you. Yep, we'll talk to you. All right. Thank Cheers. You. Later. <laughs> Cool. That was fun. That was a very cool interesting beer. thing, and it's kind of funny. They sent us something pineapple and and pineapple from from North Dakota. Yeah, I wonder. That's probably why, huh? Uh, hey guys, don't forget the uh, Brew Guru app from the AHA. It's free, and it ties in with your AHA. Uh, uh, membership, not discount. You a membership code, and you get a discount at participating uh, breweries and brew pubs and stuff like that. And the Brew Guru app allows you to figure out where you are and to figure out where the places around you are to give you these discounts. It's totally free. Just link it up with your AHA disc or your hey, God. I'm stupid right now. Your AHA membership. The AHA is not a discount. It gives you a discount. These are the things to yes. remember. Membership has its benefits. That's correct. It's the Brew Guru, everybody. Go to the uh, American Homebrew Association website. Check out the Brew Guru app. It's free. Download it. Love it. If you look where we're at, you can get uh, happy hour prices anytime at EJ Fair Brewing right next door. (laughs) See? You wouldn't know that normally. See you guys later. I'll be uh... (laughs) All right, everybody. We'll be uh, right back. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Now, back to the examination. All right, thanks for sticking around, everybody. We're going to tackle Keith's beer here, but 
Before that, hey, it's a new year, so why not get your labels right with a fresh order from GrogTag? GrogTag has loads of great label templates ready for you to customize with whatever it is that you want. They'll print up your design and ship it right to your door, ready to be placed on your next batch of homebrew. So save 10% on your entire order by using code BNARMY at checkout. That's B-N-A-R-M-Y at checkout. So don't get put on the naughty list this year. Deck your bottles with grog tags today. Who sent us this Crooks pills? I don't know. I forget. I think it was from the last show. I didn't I didn't take very good notes with these things. That's a pretty cool place in Bend, Oregon that you can like <clears throat> go out there and, and uh, they have a big grassy area and you can like a kind of a hill goes up on the side and you can kinda of sit there and order pizza and hang out with your kids and throw frisbees around or play uh, cornhole or whatever there. It's pretty mm. cool. Pretty chill. Awesome. Yeah, my brother loves that spot. They went up to yeah. Bend, and he's not necessarily like a craft beer guy. He just, I don't know, drinks Coors Light and whatever, but Kruk, he like bought a hat from them, and, yeah. and he basically, if it doesn't say Raiders or like Ping on it, he doesn't fucking <laughs> wear, wear it. Otherwise. Um, but he, yeah, he loved that spot. So um, Yeah, we went up for the Eclipse cool. last summer, and it was pretty cool. All right, everybody, here we go. We're going to uh, tackle Keith's beers, huh? What do you think? Keith Kyle, original APA. Tell us about this beer, Keith. Uh, it's an APA. Perfect. Love it. Okay, so, Brian. Um, I want some of the beer, um, please. Oh, yeah, I'm going to pour a little bit more. So, I think. No, so why did you make this APA? Just making APAs? Uh, no, I mean, I, I pretty much was listening to this show multiple times. Not, I didn't listen to the same episode. I mean, listening oh. to it while I'm here and hearing right. you say, like, God, there's no, like, I go out to the bar over there and everything tastes like orange juice and it's hazy. Yeah. So I, I thought I'd make something uh, kind of more old school and uh, possibly throw in a new hop there. Um, and, you know, I appreciate it. Try, you know, try to do something. And, you know, I'll talk more about that after you judge okay. it and what, what, what not. But, um, yeah, it was sort of like just goofing around. I had, I wanted to start something, you know, I wanted to make some yeast pretty much. And I, uh, you know, make some other beers after it. So I'm like, yeah, let's do something that, cool. Uh, JP might like or, or maybe not. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I think it was when, after like I saw your Facebook post, like I, I am so sick of everything about craft brewing. I really am. And, I'm uh, over it, dude. And I was just like, yeah, I'll see, I'll see how get, Maddie gets about this. So um, I'm really over the experimental yeah, craft beer, I, I hate craft beer right now. I'm actually really, really bored with it. It's very boring. But this Crux Pills is really good, so I maybe like now I'm interested in it again. Anyway, uh, you Brian. You should go up there. Eh, we're going to Portland um, three, four weeks. Yeah. Go in the summer, though. Yeah. I'm excited to go to Portland. There's a tiki bar up there. Do a little, nice. do a little pre-NHC scouting around. Yeah, I just got back from Portland. Nice. Um, all right, let's do this. Brian, why don't you go ahead, since you're the only uh, one who has a sheet at all really filled out. Can I read your sheet? No, I can't even read my sheet. Is, okay. I can't even read it. So, yeah, I was struggling a little bit with the hop. I was like, there's some citrus in there. Um, I felt like I got a little bit of a resiny uh, quality in the hop, too. But it's not it's not strong. It's just kind of medium light, slightly dank, resiny, citrusy hop. But but uh, nothing too gnarly or, or tropically. It's it's um, it's interesting. I'd be, like to know what, what hop that is. Um, it definitely has a, a big bready and bread crust like um, malt presence. 
uh, medium esters with both apple pear and some light stone fruit like impression. No DMS, uh, no diacetyl or acetaldehyde. The appearance is a light amber color uh, with a very low cream colored head that fades quickly to a faint ring around the glass. Um, the beer is fairly clear. Um, flavor wise, it's a medium light hop flavor with um, very low bitterness, I thought. The hops are kind of out of the way. Um, and a light bready and bread crust like malt again comes through there. Uh, it's it's got a lightly sweet finish actually, uh, maybe a little sweeter than I'd like. The balance is almost even between the malt and the hops. Uh, I guess I'd say, I don't know if I had to say to the hops win, barely. I guess. <laughs> um, it's like the Vikings over the Saints, barely. Yeah. Oh yeah, we we're uh, yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, the malt and hops kind of both linger in the aftertaste together. Mouthfeel-wise, it's a medium-light-bodied beer with uh, medium-low carbonation, maybe even lower than that. No warmth, no astringency, um, not very creamy, not much to talk about here. Um, overall impression, it, it leans, you know, it seemed, I, we know he was kind of aiming for something that JP would like, so I think he was leaning towards a classic pale ale. Um but it's even not even as hoppy as I'd hoped for for that. You know, I think classic pale ale, I think Sierra Nevada, it's, it's bright and crisp and it's more effervescent. And it's got a nice little cascady hop there. Um, this one is, the hop is interesting. Um, it doesn't have any obvious defects or issues. It's just a little odd. Um, you know, the clean malt stands out. Um, you know, that br- the bread crust-like impression more than, than I would hope. And definitely need to bring up that the carbonation there. So... Um, you know, the water seems fine. It seems like the process of fermentation went fine. Um, carbonation's a little screwed up, but um, it's not a bad beer. I gave it a 33. I thought it was a very good beer. Um, but, yeah, definitely leaning towards the classic, and it might not score as well in, in competitions as if, if you have judges expecting that more modern impression and things that are bordering on uh, light IPA, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but, yeah, it's a fun beer. Okay. Look at my score sheet now. <laughs> my chicken score. My yeah. score sheet's probably more, more thorough than yours, and I didn't even fill one out. So. Yeah, probably, man. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I sat here and I, I I honestly did try, and I just I couldn't. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't get my brain firing. Um, <clears throat> I thought the aroma was was very good. Um, it does smell kind of modern uh, for an American pale ale. Uh, I think the hop choice is, the hop choice, is yeah. modern for sure. Um, but you do, you know, kind of smell the uh, like little crystal malt thing going on there. So it is definitely old school, new school kind of a thing. A little bit uh, like a light fruity ester, which I kind of liked. It's kind of nice. <sighs> it smells good. Um, I thought it was light orange. Is it a little too dark? For the current standards of the American Pale Ale, like by well, I wouldn't say a it's couple like, SRM. it's not medium amber. It's kind of a, it's it's past like deep a light gold, orange, but it's like yeah, a it's orangey, gold, orangey light amber. Yeah. is a good color description for it. That's yeah. definitely all the way to the dark side for what you want. But it's in, I would say, it is okay, barely. Yeah, maybe. Um, flavor, I got a, a little light bready toast quality too, which is really cool. I thought. Um, I did get some the the hop flavor, a little diesel. I know that. Uh, what is that? 
What are you pulling out there? Oh, that's my crumpled up wrinkled up SR. Okay. Am I wrong? Is it is it is it too dark? Come on. I, I know I got to be right. So this is this is a pale amber right here. This okay. Is a nine. Okay. I would say it's there. Maybe a little lighter. And what's the what's the the top end? Deep gold, light amber. It, it can go. Yeah, I mean, it can oh, go okay. from like All right. you know, um, pale gold into light amber is the color range. Okay. Um, for the mal- for the mouthfeel, it, was, it seems very soft. It's not crisp. Yeah. Uh, rounded, like there's maybe oats or something in there because there's kind of a bready, kind of a um, um, slick kind of a thing. But also, you know, it's it's been sitting in my glass for 20 minutes, so it's a little warm and whatever. Pour some fresh. Yeah. I did. He did. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. I think that it's pretty yeah. much toast. I'll talk about it in a minute. But yeah. yeah. All right. Um, overall, I, I like the beer. Hey, I gave it a 36. All right. I thought it was very good, um, but I agree with what you were saying, Brian. Where it's not, it's not what you would consider. Like if you went to the bar and ordered American Pale Ale, and you got this, and you're drink used to drinking session IPAs, and thinking that's a pale ale because you have your head up your ass, um, <laughs> then you wouldn't, you wouldn't know what this. Uh, you wouldn't if you know what this is. Wrong beer. Send it back. <laughs> but if I, but if I got this as a pale ale. I would be stoked about it because this is what I think a pale ale should kind of be. It it, it, it does have that robust, that, that crystal malt, that character malt in there that a lot of modern pale ales are lacking, and it pisses me off. Yeah, I should probably not just compare it against Sierra Nevada because there's so many different classic pale ales that you could compare it to, you know. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's you know, like a full-sale pale or something. You know, it's like maybe. an orangey citrus thing happening, too. A yeah. Orange zest. I think you guys, you guys freaking nailed most of the things that I was thinking about. Like, I no. mean, I think the biggest problem, first of all, is that carbonation is is off. It was mm-hmm. uh, it put sucks. in a growler and it got kind of knocked out a little bit. Like, uh, it was in my bright tank and I just filled it up last night around like eleven o'clock and I it it was fairly carbonated. But even getting into kegs from there, I think I lose some carbonation and it would have sat in the cooler a couple more days with some carbonation on it would be better so i think that that's really important Uh, i think that creates that crispness that you're looking for i think um more than anything else because it is this beer water wise i did use more gypsum than i normally would so here's the fun part like i started off with something pretty close to sierra nevada pale ale as a recipe Mm -hmm. but instead of using two row i used uh, english malts Mm-hmm. So it almost like toes the line in between an English pale ale in terms of malt character. Right. Well, actually, it's more like for malt character, it's really just like an English pale ale. Mm-hmm. Like it has actually it's Maris like Otter. Golden Province and Maris Otter 50 50, hmm. and then it has some uh, Crystal 45. So it's nine and a half pounds Golden Promise, nine and a half pounds Maris Otter, and then two pounds Crystal 45. Um, so, like, you know, Sierra Nevada pale ale would be two row and then pretty much that Crystal, and that's pretty much it. Um, you know, and I would other pale ales. I would throw in something like Carafoam or Carapils or wheat or something to keep the head retention up a little bit. But I think yeah. the biggest problem now really is just the carbonation and the fact that I was like, you know, it was like ten o'clock last night after the kid went to bed. And I'm like, I'm going to try to get this into a keg and, and try to get it, you know, like try to do something to get it close to being able to pour tonight for, to bring this. So he's um, starting transferring, then the kid starts screaming. Yeah, no, he was, he, he was, cool. He was yeah. cool, but yeah. um, it's, I'm downstairs and I have yeah. it, so I couldn't even hear that. But, you know, <laughs> my my, uh, 
my mom. I was going to say my wife, up, <laughs> my wife is upstairs. It feels like my mom's. Yeah. But, Easy uh, evidence. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, so then, like, for bittering, is an ounce of Magnum at 60, which, like, modern pale ales, I don't even use bittering hops at all, but I'm mm-hmm. trying to keep the, the – this one I'm not, like, hop bursting. So then, like, a half ounce of Bravo at 20. Mm-hmm. And then from there, the fun part is I was using a new hop called Medusa. Mm-hmm. It's a New Mexico hop, and it actually is really mm-hmm. low alpha acid, so it's 3.8. And and this is probably maybe even why in some some ways it seems less bitter because I'm so af- afraid sometimes like I'll dial back the bittering hops because I'm used to using higher alpha acids at, in the finishing hops and Medusa is only 3.8 which makes it a fun hop to use like for hop bursting because you can get a lot less bitterness but I use that like two ounces at ten. Two ounces for a hop stand for 30 minutes after I, I chilled the wort to, to 180 degrees. And then I used four ounces of Medusa for dry hopping for three days at like 70 degrees. And 10 oh, gallon? Or? Uh, this is all 10 gallons. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. And so this is all very close. If you look at what like a Sierra, a Sierra Nevada hopping rate, Sierra Nevada Pale hopping rate, it's very close. But you would just take uh, Medusa and replace it with Cascade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you would take probably Bravo and replace it for Pearl. What, I forget what they use. Pearl. Some, something yeah. something in between. Bittering. They use that. Something that doesn't really matter. They don't Instead know why. Is that, and that my, my Bravo was at, at 20. It was supposed to be at 30, but I was doing something and forgot and threw it at 20, uh, <laughs> which happens. Right. Uh, water, right. it was uh, it was more gypsum, gypsum heavy than calcium chloride. But even so, I don't know why I don't have the PPMs on this one, but it's probably only like 60 PPMs calcium and then like 60, 60 70 gypsum and then like 30 uh, calcium chloride, which, wasn't a, which is not what I normally do with IPAs anymore, mm-hmm. but I was trying to make this a little more traditional, a little more gypsum heavy. Uh, beyond P- that, your pH came out fine. Or yeah, it's like pH was like five, five two, eight, two, two eight. So yeah. it was hot. You know, I was shooting for five three, hit five two eight, pretty close to where I wanted it to be. Ten fifty three, OG, <coughs> ten eleven, final gravity. Um, everything really a hit. I think the carbonation hurts it definitely, but I think uh, you guys are nailing like, the biscuity character. Like that, that English malt Ready, really does biscuity, play yeah. play a big factor. If you use two row instead, you're not getting that. You're just getting crystal. You can you can taste the crystal too. Anyway, it's two pounds for ten gallons, which is yeah, is, is a lot, and it is a little bit orangey. But like you know, the the Marisada and Golden Golden Promise base does make a big. You know, big it, to me when I taste it, it's like, well, this is kind of an American version of an English pale ale with some new hops. And the Medusa is kind of—I I wanted to focus on the Medusa, see what it's like. If I'm using it in the same way, I would use Cascade. And overall, I mean, I think the last couple of nights I've had a you know a pint of it, and it's like one pint. You know, I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is this mm-hmm. is fun. Yeah. But when I was tasting it, I'm like, I was like, oh, this tastes like everything else. And then tonight I had some other beers. I'm like, this tastes a little bit different, like than I remember it tasting. And you can actually taste the Medusa hops a little bit. So hmm. I'm I'm a little bit excited about that. But the beer overall, I'm like, yeah, like. You know, I would probably, if I would do it again, I would maybe cut the English malt down in half and then use some two row there and maybe cut the, the crystal a little bit. And, mm-hmm. and uh, if, you know, if I'm making the, for JP's taste, that's what I would probably do. <laughs> and maybe up the bitterness just a little bit. But I think the, the water character is, is fine. It's not, it isn't, actually isn't super soft. We start with kind of soft water here, but it's, I don't know. I think overall I'm kind of happy with where we landed here. Yeah. And, that's a good uh, sipper. Yeah. But I think I, I could probably bump JP's score up to 40 if I would try. Again, like uh, make it a little more close. One of these days, I get JP to like forty nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. this is the best beer. I, I mean, I, I would have scored it higher, but I'm disappointed. I only got half a glass of my beer, so oh, it's uh, disappointing. But no, I mean the carbonation is, is a big, <laughs> big bummer on this one. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I was rushing, and I was out of town, and came back, and 
and trying to get it into a keg, and I just didn't have A lot of excuses, time. Brian. I'm hearing a lot of excuses it, yeah. out of this guy. It does happen. Oh. Yeah. Uh, very good, man. Hey, let's take a break uh, real fast, and we'll come back, and we're going to... Uh, what else did you bring, Keith? We're going to talk about what else Keith brought. Uh, hang on. We'll be right back. Super. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs, and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today are you a member of the white labs customer club if not you should be it's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch all you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast an exclusive white labs t-shirt or sweatshirt and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself chris white Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, thanks, everybody, for sticking with us. We're almost out of here, boys, but I do want to tell you all about More Beer. You know everybody at morebeer.com, of course. Well, they're always pushing things, and they have a bunch of really cool new stuff, new products for you guys to be brewing on, like the Robo Brew. It's the easiest way to brew all grain. It's made from stainless steel. It allows you to make nine gallons of beer all in one vessel. It is truly self-contained. So if you're thinking about getting an all-grain brewing, but you don't have a lot of space, you should seriously consider the Robo the Robo Brew, or the, it's a hard name. It's hard for me to say. I'm having a problem today. I don't know. Robo Brew. I'm going to invent a product called the Robo. That's what you just the said. Robo. It's the a robot that brews your beer for you. He's freaking it's awesome. only hazy shit. Though. Like, <laughs> it costs six thousand dollars. It has a kettle lid with a flat bill. Um, or the all-new Fermentosaurus Plastic Conical. It has a nine-gallon capacity. Oddly enough, just like the Robro. The Robro. <laughs> I did that one on purpose, so give me give me some credit for God's sake. It holds up to 35 PSI, so check them out, all that kind of stuff. Morebeer.com. All right, so we have $40 gift certificate to give away to grogtag.com. And that obviously goes to Tyler and John, right? Yeah, I mean, there we go. does it go to Tyler or John is my question. Which yes. I don't know. You get it? goes to both, I guess. I think who spoke less, I think, gets the... Uh... John spoke <laughs> less, but he was farther away. I think Tyler was by the phone and John yeah. was down the hall, like, making Drinking. a sandwich or something. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's fine. 
It's totally fine. I mean, I guess icing the windows. Technically, it goes to uh, no. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, they it, get it. Technically, it would go it. to Keith, but we're going to no, give it we, to we Tyler. Don't, I don't. Yeah. You can't win as, as staff of Brewing Network. You can't win. I have Not a I have an email address now, Kyle. Kyle Kevin at Brewing Network. But you have an email address. You can't actually. <laughs> gmail.com. John yeah. Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt at the Brewing Network.com. Uh, what is this other beer we're drinking? It's cold. Super Wit Beer? Super Wit Beer. I was calling it Super Wit Beer, but it was like kind of my winter sort of extravaganza beer because I had to make a Wit Beer. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, what the hell do you do with a 3944 strain? Uh, so I made a another cereal mash Wit. And I used like I don't have the numbers with me, but I used a good like maybe ten to fifteen percent of honey, uh, orange blossom honey after you know after knockout. But it has uh, grains of paradise, lemon peel, light coriander, and ginger, uh, all as part of it. So it's like a big whip beer, like ten eighty OG, Jeez. Um, sterling hops, and uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I like it, but right now it kind of tastes like a like a cough drop, mm-hmm. like a ginger honey cough drop. I think I would like to see uh, maybe a couple months on this and things kind of meld together a little bit and uh, the flavors sort of uh, be a little less uh, medicinal in your face sort of thing. Uh, hmm. But, um, yeah, <clears throat> the, yeah, the ginger definitely comes through, I think. But I think the other stuff will fade a little bit and the ginger will probably stick around, won't it? <laughs> That's one of those flavors. I, I, don't, I don't mind linger. the ginger, though. I mean, I think it, I, I don't know. It, it's a, I, I like ginger, but that's just yeah. me. I like uh, that it's not boozy, though. It's 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 clean, and it's, you know, it's a little warming, but it's, you know, the spice kind of plays off of that, and it's like, oh, there's a, it's a big, fun beer with a lot of stuff going on. I, I don't know. I think, I think, like, the whole warming, boozy thing, and this is kind of just random off, off the top of my head right now, like, like, I think if you control fermentation temperature early on and just sort of move from there i think a lot of beers don't taste that boozy early on and i think a lot of the booziness that people talk about is just poor fermentation if it's warming in the back of your throat at seven percent yeah you did something slightly wrong <laughs> yeah and you can age it out like you may not be a problem to age that out but i think a lot of it yeah. is just like it's poor fermentation control absolutely i agree 100 percent. how would this taste blended with your american pale ale uh, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, we are out of here. Thanks again for tuning in to Dr. Homebrew here on the Brewing Network. If you want to get your beer featured on the show, or tasted on the show, rather, uh, email me, jp, at thebrewingnetwork.com. I do have a backlog about, like, four or six months or something like that. So um, 20 months. You know, we're uh, we're out there. But, hey, we'll, we'll get to you soon enough, everybody. Just Thanks. be patient. And, um, but, yeah, get it, get in here. And the next, uh, of course, to our sponsor, Five, five Star. Star. And FiveStarChemicals.com. Five Star. I put some, uh, yeah, I dumped out some PBW out of one of my growlers this morning and sprayed some star sand in it. So it's ready to go now. Nice. You're ready. Yeah. Once you make beer again, that'd be great. <laughs> I, I All right, pass, everybody. Yeah. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and we will see Let's you do. next time. Bye.